now, it's time for... No, I don't live in my parents' basement. A show that covers comics, movies, music, pop culture, and everything in between. Here's your host, B.J. Kennard and Adam Dellinger. And welcome to the show. It has been a second. I'm B.J. Kennard along with Adam Dellinger. Uh, we're doing the show today. No show next week because I'm rolling uh, to the, uh, almost at the ATL, which that used to saying because whenever I go home, uh, I'm going to New York City. Yeah, and I just got back. That's right. You were there. You got Two, three to, weeks ago. Yeah, you got to take in uh, some of uh, the baseball. And I don't know what else you did. I mean, you did some touristy stuff. I, I didn't really. I went to, uh, I visited Brooklyn. I wouldn't call that touristy. Yeah. Uh, and I went to um, One World Trade Center, which is cool. I know you're going to Yeah, visit, we're doing that as well. Uh, visit that. I mean, that, that whole setup they have there is incredible. Like yeah, the... The monuments there, and I haven't told my kids anything about this. You know, I mean, because you know the age of my kids. My my daughter's about to be sixteen. My son just turned twelve, so it's not like they're kids. Uh, so we thought this was the time to take them because they can appreciate everything. So we're doing, uh, we're staying in Times Square, uh, Midtown Comics. If they have three stores there. The Times Square one is eight blocks from my hotel. Yeah. So that'll be a, a, an easy little walk. And then apparently there's two other ones. So we'll be going down south. I guess they have one near like Soho, or I guess they call that downtown. You know what they will have there, BJ, at Midtown, if you decide to go to multiple stores, even though I'm guessing the inventory is probably the same, mm-hmm. it's New York City, you want to keep it kind of even. doesn't make sense for you to drive across town to the same store to find a different item. Right. Uh, but I'm guessing that the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive stuff will still be on the walls at Midtown Con. I'm hoping. Yeah. Because I, I, re- I think when you're at a place like that, they get variant covers in general that no other stores can do, like the 1 in 200s, and they've got a couple of those, or the, the 1 in 50s or the 1 in 100, uh, to where you know smaller stores can do the 1 in 25s, that's pretty good, or the 1 in 10s, or just the variants that they just produce in general. So I definitely plan on stocking up and doing that because uh, there was the off chance uh, that yesterday I was going to buy uh, Secret Wars 5 or whatever it is that has the very first Spider-Man black suit, mm-hmm. and I was going to buy that, and I was going to do it last week, and I said, you know what, let me think about it, because it was in good shape. I said, tell you what, if it's here next week, it's meant for me, and I will buy it. If it's not, it was meant for someone else. In the meantime, someone did purchase it, but I was all ready to rock and roll and buy that. Now that money gets to go to Midtown Comics. And here's the cool thing about that, too. The way that comic books are sold, traded, and dealt online, mm-hmm. a $200 comic book here in our town, and... A two hundred dollar comic book in New York City, the New York City one. The only reason it might would sell faster is just because of the number of people. It's yeah. still a two hundred dollar comic book. So I'm guessing you're going to see some really cool and unique things. And I think so. And also, uh, in general, things are cheaper when there's mass quantity because supply and demand. You know, I was able to buy New Fifty Two Justice League one through six. You know, the Jim Lee uh, run uh, with Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder write that one. Isn't yes. That right? And if I bought that at a smaller store. It would have been more than I would probably want to pay. But I was able to get all six because I was in a bigger city when I did it for the probably the price of two of the other ones. Yeah, but here's the difference between New York City and a bigger city. Yeah. Uh, the, whatever bigger city that you're talking about, Yeah. the lease on the building, you know, is it $95,000 a month or yeah, whatever. Yeah, but I will say Midtown's been at their location downtown or in the Times Square, I think since 1997. So I think they're pretty entrenched. They've got, the, I think it's two levels even. I'm just anticipating being able to pick up some cool stuff. And I will say uh, 
but we're going to talk about this here in a little bit, but from a comic book perspective, any of the Jane Foster stuff is super hot right now. Very, very hot. Like, get it off to the CGC right now. And this is the fact that Jane Foster became Lady Thor. I think we called her Lady Thor as, like, fans, but the comics never did. They just called her Thor or Mighty Thor. Uh, but her stuff is super big right now. There is there is a... Uh, I don't think it was Secret Wars. I can't remember what it was where, where he lost the hammer and you see someone pick it up. That's starting to go up in value. We don't know who that is at this point. But Thor number one from a couple of years ago where it's got Lady Thor on the cover. It's a real close, tight shot of her. That thing is skyrocketing in price right now. And I have two of them. I'm very excited. One that's never been read and the other one that's still like a nine something. I, I'm going to get those graded now. That's a comic book I don't think that's going to hold its value. Well... Here's what you do. And this is what we were talking about the comic book store the other day. You go ahead and get it graded right now. You could sell it right now if you want to because uh, the raw ones are doing very well and the CGC ones are doing very well. You hold it. Then when Thor Love and Thunder comes out, that it'll be everyone sees it. It's going to go up even more. That's when you sell. You're buying right now. Unfortunately, you're not buying low. You would have been buying low two weeks ago. But you can definitely sell high. And that's probably what I'm going to do. I'll probably get both of them graded. And then I'll probably sell. Because uh, I, I feel like one's going to give me a 9.8 at least. Uh, well, I shouldn't say at least. It's not like I'm going to get a 9.9 or a 10. Uh, but I think I'm getting a 9.8, 9.7, 9.6, whatever, out of those. And then sell as soon as that movie comes out. I have a question about Lady Thor. Yeah. I'm going to continue to call her Lady Thor. So that I think we should call her Lady Thor. Though I think they're going to refer to her as Mighty Thor in the movie. Well, that's fine too. Yeah. Whatever to differentiate because otherwise we're just... Witch Thor. Witch yeah. Thor. Is there this weird thing that happens now where, like, Jane Foster picking up the hammer and becoming Thor is nothing new if you've read the Thor comics? It's kind of what, like what you just discussed. Yeah. Is there something happening that's, like, backwards where once it reaches the Marvel Cinematic Universe that it's solidified as canon or something? Because it used to be the other way around. No, I mean, I, I think it's still treated as just canon in general. I think it's just I, I think what it does is solidifies it as a really good piece of canon for the Marvel comic universe, for the MCU. So now it's something that will forever be, you know, a high point for them. Also too to clarify, because I, I said that the comic wouldn't hold its value and that would be a comic that you would need to sell. Mm -hmm. Great storyline. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it's just really cool. Mm -hmm. But there is this thing where the movies just drive people insane. Black Panther saw a spike, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy might be the best example ever. Abs absolutely. No but, one even knew what it was. Right. The Walking Dead falls into the same thing sure. that I'm talking about yeah. here. And unless you've got like the first issue of The Walking Dead or the first 10 or what, we talked mm -hmm. about this on the last pod. Yeah. Like, I just can't imagine, like, 15 years from now, that movie's going to be such a game-changer that Lady Thor is this mainstay with her own run that keeps that comic floating in the $150 range or whatever. Right now, it's 3 to 4. Right now. 3 to 400, if you're at a 9.8. What about ungraded? I, I like that raw, value better. Raw, from what I was told, and I haven't really looked, they're anywhere from 150 to 200. So that's kind of what I was uh, yeah. thinking there. There's no way that book holds that value. You know what you can get for three hundred bucks? You know what you can get for three hundred dollars at any comic shop in America right now? Marijuana. The, one of the most. <laughs> you own the comic. 
what is one of the most iconic comic books in that $300 range? You held out from getting it for a long time, but you officially own it. Is that uh, Amazing Spider-Man 300? Exactly. Yeah. That comic book has beaten time. I mean, it's held its value. Sure. And by the way, it's held its value in an odd way. Like, I don't know what it costs now, but I remember it being 300 for years. Yeah. Right? Well, once Venom came out, it helped it. Like, the when the movie came out, and I think as that's gone on, that's why I was going to buy the first appearance of the black suit, because they, they it's like the trinity of that. You There's that one, and then uh, there's... Uh, I guess a cameo of it in like 2.99 or something. There's something going on, uh, or or something to do with 2.99. There's a few that you want to get, and this was one. I was like, oh, uh, I had. Uh, there's an app uh, called uh, Key. God, I can't remember what it is now. Like Key Indicator or something, and it's a comic app that tells you key issues. And I was sharing this with you the other day. They've got the top 100 modern comics that you should own, and that is one of them. And and that uh, that was also in the time that I was like, if that comic is still there. I'm going to buy it. But also on there is Spider-Man 300. There's no way, didn't it, this Jane Foster comic, I wouldn't pay $400 for that comic at any given time. I remember when the comic was $5. That was when it, yeah, when it came out. <laughs> right. It was, but it was like we knew it was going to be a big deal. And that's why I bought two of them when I did. And and I was kind of hoping that I had them when I was going through just to double check. I was like, oh, good. I had, I do have two. One for keeps. And then one uh, one to get rid of if I want to, because it is a first appearance, and I love first appearances. As because I've also I'm riding the Naomi train right now for DC with Bendis because he was like this Naomi character is going to have an influence somewhere in the Marvel. I'm sorry, in the DC universe, and the six issue run is done, and that also was one of the, on the list for them of the top 100 that you should own right now. And it's not going super old school; it's just the modern ones. You know, there's a, you can go back to the 90s of X-Men, 80s-ish, but really it's like, I would say 85 up. I don't know the real definition of, of when it becomes modern age. It might be just before that, but a lot of the books that were in there are in that 80s and 90s range. And then some of the key issues from like Michonne's first appearance in Walking Dead, the first issue of Walking Dead, and some of those comics. I just had a thought, and I don't want to contradict my own argument, but I am going to do that a, mm -hmm. a little as far as, well, we'll throw DC into the mix here, too. As far as modern story arcs involving female characters, Jane Foster may have the best chance at holding her own book. Sure. Because right now, she's trying it again, and she is now Valkyrie. Right. And the cool thing about that is, at the end of the War of the Realms... She something happened to her. Part of Mjolnir, not Mjolnir, but part of the the, the axe that made her War Thor, she got it got absorbed into her. So you don't know what that what happened. And then in the War of the Realms, Omega number one, there's only been some one that's come out so far. She is officially is when she becomes Valkyrie in that issue. That is a crazy hot issue right now because Valkyrie number one just came out this week. Uh, o Omega for War of the Realms is is going to be worth more than Valkyrie number one. And just like uh, Captain Marvel number eight, I think it was, just came out two weeks ago, it had the first appearance of a character. It's hard to keep track of that stuff. Well, not even from a collector's standpoint, though. I'm just talking about being able to build a story around a character who mm -hmm. has a strong enough personality 
it seems almost like a bit of a cop-out, though, to say that, because they're not actually creating a character. They've just made a Lady Thor. Yeah. So and now they've made a different Valkyrie. Right. So it's an existing character. I will say for Valkyrie, she gets to be Jane Foster. Like, it's, like, as far as I can tell. Sure. She gets to have more of her personality because Lady Thor was almost like a totally different character. At times, she's like, and, you know, the thought bubble would pop up. She's like, oh, I can't believe that I'm talking to so-and-so. So some of that personality is there. But then when she would open her mouth, it would be, did thine think you wouldn't be smited by Thor? Right. And it's like, oh. It's a bunch of Norse. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, why doesn't she talk normal? I mean, because, like, the Mjolnir doesn't make Thor Thor. Mjolnir harnesses his power, and now we've kind of learned Mjolnir is its own thing too, but it doesn't make Thor drink meat and talk the way he talks. He talks the way he talks because Asgard. I don't know where Jane Foster's from, but it's not Asgard. It's like New York or something. Would you rather, like, let's say that we're launching a Lady Thor comic next month. Okay. Brand new backstory and everything. Or, well, maybe the backstory exists and we know the origin because it's already there. Mm -hmm. But we're getting a brand new run, Mm -hmm. a fresh story. Would you buy that or a rebooted fresh story of Captain Marvel? Like, to me, it's a no-brainer. Like, I'm going with the Lady Thor comic every time. Yeah. For me, I'm also the art snob. No, no, no. But I'm only going from what can be done with the story. Oh. Ah. I guess so, because I really did. I think I'm also jaded because I really enjoyed the the Mighty Thor run when it was Lady Thor. They did a great job right. of doing a really cool story with, with a conclusion uh, that that worked really well. I but mean, because of the Asgardian stuff, don't you get more? You have more to work with. Well, like, what do you get with Captain Marvel? You get a par- the, partial the, space, the universe, and with that, you get all the different planets. You get the Kree, you get the Skrull, you get uh, the Zandarians, you get the Nova Corps. Right, it's you, Green, it's Green Lantern, and you also, but now, but she also is uh, hanging out in a satellite, uh, hanging out with the uh, you know Alpha Flight uh, above uh, above the United States. But she's also broken. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't care about those parts. I don't need her to like. I would rather her just be a kick-ass superhero. I'm down with that. Like, just like Superman. Well, that's what she... That, but that's what I'm saying. You want to read Superman the woman? Or, like, I'm going with Thor the woman every time. Yeah. Well, because funny, they, they started a Superwoman uh, series. <laughs> yeah. uh, they've done it a couple times, but just not that long ago. Yeah, recently. And I think that thing got canceled like three or four issues in. Maybe a little bit longer. I bought the first issue or two. It involved like Lana Lang somewhere on that too. I'm like, this has got convoluted. Well, if you I'm out. If you can't make Superman work, then I don't know why you're even going to try Superwoman. Well, touch different readers, I guess. Oh, so crappy story for this demographic, crappy story for this demographic. But maybe something, maybe it's crappy to us because we can't relate to it. We're not females. I don't know. I stopped buying it. I'm not sure. You look like you're about to sleep. I, I could. <laughs> That's asinine. <laughs> All right, so the reason that you know we're talking about Lady Thor and whatnot is because San Diego Comic Con happened. I want to go. I feel like next year we should try to find a way that we get to go. And, I would. And, I would go and for make sure. that happen. Either, either find a TV way to do it or a radio way to do it, so we can do the podcast there and get some interviews and whatnot. So it happened, and lots of things were talked about. Lots and lots of crazy things for the for the for this episode of No, I don't live in my parents' basement. I wanted to at least focus on some of the Marvel stuff. The reason being, DC didn't talk about anything. Mm-mm. Nothing of real note. 
uh, future plans or any of that stuff. But Kevin Feige rolled into uh, Hall H or whatever it was and blew the place up with announcements galore. And we knew this is where it was going to happen. So we'll start with Black Widow. We now have a release date for it and a logo and all that. It's May 1st of next year. So we don't have anything for the rest of the year, which we knew. And we're only getting two movies next year, which is uh, a big turn because usually we get like three or so. Uh, So it's going to be Scarlett Johansson. From what I understand... It's going to take place after Civil War. Now, I could be totally wrong, and it could just be rumors or whatnot, and it's going to have various time jumps so you can get the backstory, see where she came from. They're doing Budapest, which they've talked about tons of times with her and Hawkeye, uh, and then you're going to see uh, where she kind of came from. I heard Taskmaster is going to be one of the baddies in this, which could be pretty cool. David Harbour is going to be in Mm -hmm. it. So I I feel like it got better. Rachel Weisz is in this as well. I mean, you're married to Daniel Craig. You get some action points out of that. You're in The Mummy. You knocked this movie big time like two months ago. And I feel a little bit better because what I thought it was going to be was a straight-up origin story, which I feel like we just got out of some other knockoff movie about, like, Russian girls who become assassins. Oh, yeah, sure. Like, it was a red something, I think. Uh, But now that I know... That it's going to not be the origin and like some story from like the 80s or something. I feel a little bit closer to this. I feel like there's potential. And from what I hear, the 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 scene that they showed was like a cool fight scene between her and her quote unquote sister uh, for this, which is Florence Pugh. Uh, she's playing uh, Yelena Belova. And so there's potential there. Is this a one shot? I think that depends on what the box office says. Well, then I'm going to say it's a one-shot. Probably so. Yeah. So I have a little bit more hope in this. Once I saw David Harbour was on board, I'm like, okay. Uh, For whatever reason, I I like him, and I feel like he'll add some to it. So this one is starting to intrigue me some. I don't think it's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, but I think it's it's a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. So we got that. And then I got excited. The next thing they talked about was also next year, November 6th, is going to be Eternals. We knew they were trying to get Angelina Jolie. That is done. Uh, We also know that they got Richard Madden, which by name doesn't sound familiar, but he was the King of the North before Jon Snow. Yep. Ned uh, Ned Stark's son and the real big reason for the Red Wedding. So that's kind of cool. You've also got Kumail Nanjiani. I'm down with that. You get Selma Hayek in this movie. And then a few other people that you you might kind of recognize, like Brian Tyree Henry, and it's the Eternals. I, th- I feel like this is where they're going to put their new Avengers foothold. You need a team movie? Here's the Eternals. They'd make three of them if they could. I agree with that, that that's what they're going for. They just don't have... The Eternals doesn't have it, dude. We don't know that, though. Why uh, not? Because there's no Iron Man. There was an Iron Man before Iron Man. Yeah, there was. The, like like the, movie-wise. Well... They built individual movies before they did the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Everybody was very familiar with Thor, with mm-hmm. Captain America. They each got one movie ahead of time. That's right. And they all did well. Yep. Fairly well. But they did well enough so that everybody oh, doubled and tripled up yes. on their salaries. Right. From the, oh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody knows what the Eternals are outside comic book readers. Uh, even comic book readers don't. I don't. Here's what I can tell you. And, and, and someone could fact check me on this. From what I understand, the Eternals were created by the Celestials 
to be kind of like they're making stuff where we kind of make superhumans and they just can't die and they have superpowers. I think that's correct. Outside of that, I don't know if I need to know more than that. And let me learn that in the movie. And do you like the cast? I'm all right with it because since I have no expectations for this, it's not the X-Men, it's not the Fantastic Four, it's not the Avengers. I don't know about this. All I know is that Marvel's doing it and Marvel has not let me down yet, or at least over the last 10 years, that I trust them to make a kick-ass movie. Does Angelina Jolie still have a career? Sure she does. Yeah. She's a box office draw? I think so, yeah. Why not? I don't I don't think for this I don't think you even need a box office draw. Look at Guardians of the Galaxy. You didn't have one box office draw for Guardians of the Galaxy and it blew up. Most people didn't even know who Chris Pratt was. They also had no expectations for Guardians of the Galaxy. And there's no expectations here. You can't do that because you just said that's where they're putting their baskets for the next team movie. That's my guess. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just making the assumption this is out of all the movies announced, this is the only one that has an ensemble cast for realsies and if it goes well, they'd probably make two more. Has Marvel had a movie underperform? Not legitimately. Not since anything before Iron Man. So have they made enough money now because of that? Oh, it doesn't they... even matter. You know why? Disney. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. Can they afford creatively to take chances now that they may not have taken prior to the Avengers movies? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Because they... I feel like that's what this might be. Well, they took a chance on Guardians. You know, that, that would have been the last movie I would have thought of. Like, you made that before uh, other, like, predominant things that are floating around out there. And you said it didn't have a box office draw, but that's a cast, even though they're household names now, I get your point, they weren't household names at the not, time. None of them. I mean, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, but they're not in the movie, they're just talking. Chris Pratt was Parks and Rec before that. Which, yeah, man, which, you missed out on it, but I dude, did. it was huge at the time. But not not Marvel headlining a movie big. Even the uh, even Ronan was no it was, it was what's his face from uh, like six feet under or not six feet under uh, pushing daisies like it's not a like even even he wasn't a, a big draw and help me remember because I can't was Guardians of the Galaxy when it was produced I don't believe it was initially gonna tie in to the Marvel Cinematic Universe if that movie would have tanked they wouldn't have written Guardians into Avengers uh. No, but they didn't... I don't think it really got tied in until I think at the end of it, they put an end, end credit scene to tie it in. And, and yes, Guardians always go after battling Thanos, so that could be a thing, and then we never hear of that again if it did happen to tank. But Marvel doesn't let us down. So I think Eternals gets to, gets to do something we haven't really seen. We get introduced to a whole new crop of people we haven't seen. And did we get... Wasn't there a Guardians number one free comic book day comic years ago? Mm-hmm. There's been a couple. They did that. There's a Guardians, and they also did a, a Rocket got a free comic book oh, day. I have that one, too. Uh, Scotty Young did the cover on that one, was if the, I'm not mistaken. Was the Guardians number one free comic book day before the film? Uh, I don't know. It would at least it would have tied in. It would have at least been announced that Guardians was happening, because I think Guardians was a later movie, either a summer movie, because you know, it's, yeah, no. it's May for free comic book day. I'm not trying to, like, poo-poo on the movie or anything. Yeah. I'm just saying that it just... And maybe it's because they gave us nothing. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'm excited. I'm excited about the next one, too. Yeah, this is really interesting. No, go ahead, man. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. 
before the title came out, I was just like, okay, Marvel's going to do a martial art movie. Okay, that's kind of neat. I'll be curious to see their take on a martial art film. Then they bust out the title and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Everyone in that hall blew up because if you're if you know anything about uh, the uh, Marvel comics, if someone's got ten rings, who's got them? The real Mandarin. The Mandarin. That's right. The MFN Mandarin. The, like the real deal, the Mandarin. Not Ben Kingsley. That's right. The real Mandarin. And Marvel has teased us with this since that movie because there is a a little one shot that they did. Uh, of, and if you've never found these, you can find them on the internet. They filmed these little small 10-minute or less little fun movies. Shorts. To, yeah, shorts to kind of go along with this. One was Agent Coulson, you know, uh, foiling a convenience store robbery. And then one is Ben Kingsley's character in prison where everyone's super excited. They're like, give us the line, give us the line. He goes, all right, fine. Okay, okay, fine, fine. You'll never see me coming. Uh, and everyone goes crazy. Then he gets taken into a room, and they these are people who work for the real Mandarin, or the real Ten Rings. And you're like, oh, snap, Mandarin's coming. And nothing. Right. They let us down until now. So this is what I'm hoping for. I want, like, because I was excited about the martial arts movie by itself. Because I'm like, man, who does special effects better than Disney? Like, nobody. Yeah. Like, we're going to be getting... I think, I don't know if we talked about this on the pod before. I know that we talked about it, uh, you know, just at work in general. But, like, I'm a sucker for... Like, I watch the El Rey Network if there's an old Kung Fu movie on on a Saturday. I remember growing up, there used to be Kung Fu Theater. Uh, Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love that stuff. The overdub, like the campiness of it, and Mm -hmm. it makes it fun. So I hope that there's, like, a tongue-in-cheek element in place for the far-fetched Kung Fu-ness. You know what I mean? Yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, but that we also get, like, the awesome effects and that Mandarin is just as intimidating and powerful as we know him to be or or how i almost feel like they're gonna that they could have a couple of ways to go with this we don't know anything about this besides the title and that uh, simi uh, simu liu i don't know how to say his name is going to be uh shang chi aquafina is going to be in this as well but with the with the legend of the ten rings that makes me feel like this is going to be an older movie you could take this back almost like ancient China times. And you could do either almost like an Indiana Jones style movie to where they're trying to find the Ten Rings and that that's kind of a fun element to it. And you've got some martial arts that, that go with it. Or you're battling the people who have the Ten Rings or who are a part of the overarching Ten Rings where maybe we never see the Mandarin, but we see his... his you know, crew or his, the people who work for him. And that's who Shang-Chi has to battle or it's in present day time. And he's taking on the people of the Mandarin. That's what I'm after. I kind of want it to be older. So that we get more content later. Yes. <laughs> Cause I, I don't want him to defeat the Mandarin in this movie. Oh no. Right. Because yeah, yeah. I want the Mandarin to show up and then we can't do it anymore, but it would have been cool to really do that with Iron Man, but a uh, fantastic four Mandarin would be a fan, uh, a fantastic person to go up against them with, or or one of those types of heroes. Right. Uh, but I don't think they're. I, I feel like Fantastic Four is going to get Doctor Doom for the fourth time. Spider Man could get Mandarin. 
Spider-Man would be good with Mandarin, but I do think because of the Ten Rings aspect, you need a couple, you need more than one person. Oh yeah, sure. And I want Spider-Man to build to Sinister Six. Yeah, because I don't think the, I don't think we're getting the Venom Carnage. Well, well, like I don't think that's a thing, man. Venom and Carnage might be a thing, right? But not Spider-Man. But right? not with Spider-Man. And I'm just hoping Sony comes to their senses, even though Venom did well. I mean, I saw it in the theater. It was fine. It wasn't the greatest thing I'd ever seen. It was fine. And they teased, and, and plus doing um, uh, Woody from Cheers uh, as uh, Cletus Cassidy, uh, Woody Harrelson. I think that's awesome. I'm down with that. He plays somebody crazy enough to be Cletus Cassidy, but to not have Spider-Man. He's already played Carnage. Uh, Woody Harrelson, if you wanted him as Carnage. Did he? Don't you remember, uh, what's the movie with Zombie Land? No, where he's driving across the country and he's just murdering people at random. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's Carnage. That is Oliver Stone. Yeah, that's Oliver Stone and uh and but Jenny Lewis. Not Jenny Lewis. Uh Jenner uh G- is it Jenny Lewis? No, oh. it's a uh, Lewis it's I've I've met her before. She is in the roller derby movie. She plays music. What's her name? Juliet Julian Juliet. Juliet? Juliet Juliet Lewis. Yes. And Rodney Dangerfield's her dad in that movie. I haven't seen anything in forever. Yeah, but the, he's that kind of deranged, you know, yeah. off kilter. So yeah, and I think Cletus might be a little bit not crazier, but just more bizarre. I don't even know how to describe it, but I would like to see that. Oh, but uh, the Mandarin thing, though, what I was going to say about that is back to the special effects and what they could do with that movie. Mm -hmm. In Rogue One, like my favorite guy in Rogue One is the blind dude Mm -hmm. that's, you know, like... Oh, that's right. Yeah, that guy whose name we can never think of, like mm-hmm. Super Ninja Master Dude or right, whatever. Yeah, you get a whole movie and a whole army of that stuff, dude. I'm down. Like, so I I got excited as soon as I saw the title. So kudos to Marvel for really taking it to the next level. Then I feel like they did it again with the next announcement that they did movie wise, which is, and this one's gonna, this is when we start getting into 2021. We get our Doctor Strange sequel, and it is Doctor Strange. In the multiverse of madness. The one word in here that should get people excited is multiverse. And this is like a for real multiverse, not the one that we got in Spider-Man Far From Home. Like this is where we really get to dive into it, from what at least from what I believe. This is the multiverse style that we got in Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. And I am stoked. I think this is Marvel... This one movie, I think, is setting up Phase 5. Because we've gotten all the Phase 4 movies for the next three years. I think this one movie sets up what they're going to be doing after this. Because that sets up into the Spider-Verse. That sets up the Ultimates if they want to do that. Interesting they chose Doctor Strange for the multiverse movies. Well, A, it makes sense because, Mm -hmm. well, it's Doctor Strange. And if you saw the first film, which I like to go out on a limb here and say that, you know, of the last series of Marvel movies that just concluded with, well, not really concluded, but with the rap from Avengers, Mm -hmm. Doctor Strange might be my favorite. It's great. Ragnarok and Doctor Strange Mm -hmm. are like neck and neck for me just because of the way it was shot. Yeah. It's just different than anything else they'd ever done. Visually stunning and a cool story. We don't know a whole lot about this either. Really kind of nothing. We know that Scarlet Witch is going to be in it. 
And we know that it's going to uh, directly tie into WandaVision, or WandaVision will tie into this somehow. And we'll get to what WandaVision is here in a second. Uh, so that's really all that we know, is that the multiverse will apparently be a part of this because it's in the title. And whatever happens after that, we don't know. Because well, Baron Mordu is supposed to be the villain in part two. Maybe he wants to destroy all the sorcerers, not only in this universe, but all the other ones. I don't know. Think about this for a minute, too. And this is far-fetched and way kind of outside the box. But we aren't if, talking about superheroes. So right. That's fine. But if you want to get excited, I asked uh, BJ a question yesterday. What do they do with Hulk now? And BJ said, nothing. Yeah. We're just speculating about all these characters that have just kind of wrapped at this mm -hmm. point. Well, when you see the word multiverse... And I doubt they're going to try to rehash anything. They might. That's just not this Disney Marvel team style. But I wouldn't be shocked to see the Hulk in a movie like this. I wouldn't be shocked to see Captain America in a movie like this. Yeah. Because that's kind of what the multiverse is all about. Just different versions of the characters we know. Right. Could you imagine, do um, you know who Maestro is? Yes. Can you imagine? So for those that don't know, Maestro is a, it's Hulk who is older, like white beard, thinning hairline, uh, almost like a Hulk Hogan's uh, hairline, but white hair. He has killed everyone. And he has a trophy room of Iron Man's helmet and Captain America's shield. He has killed everyone. And he's like this badass villain. Can you imagine like if the multiverse, they just happened to give us a glimpse of that, just as like, you know, like if, almost like opening doors and looking in and going, oh, what's that? Closing it. That would be amazing. Well, I don't want to like go like too far out, but nothing's off limits here. Yeah. Remember that Marvel zombie line? Yeah. I mean, that sort of stuff is just kind of like, wow. That would be awesome. I know. And dude. they're about to bring that back. Uh, I think October, it comes out another Marvel's zombies movie like uh, uh, by the way if you missed that those run of comics they were incredible yeah so hopefully they can capture that that same magic this, yeah, yeah, this yeah. one starts with the galactus's body on the outer reaches of space and as the avengers go to figure it out they get taken over by some sort of parasite and then the zombies begin but that's the multiverse idea is that yeah. you if i could be slated to not even direct mm -hmm. just be a consultant like mm -hmm. somebody that gets to sit at the table and throw ideas out the, i think it's called the producer well, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, if I'm on that team, this is the movie that I want to be tied to. Yeah. Because you can just throw anything against the wall. Multiverse uh, is synonymous with anything goes. Just yeah. consider it that way. And it really is. Yeah. You, you get uh, the bizarre Fantastic Four with the, with the with the Reed Richards that's a genius but also evil. Like, there's so much. So I agree with you. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that. And I do really feel like it's going to propel into maybe phase five because they've got the plan then we touched on this earlier thor love and thunder comes out on november 5th of 2021 taika watiti is on board with this chris hemsworth is back in tessa thompson's in on this natalie portman is back on as the mighty thor and that's what we're talking about the very beginning of this she will be lady thor in this or the mighty thor in this the kicker is she becomes thor because of mjolnir Mjolnir was destroyed at the at the beginning of Ragnarok by Hela. Mm -hmm. Just destroyed just like that. So it's gone. Now Thor does have Stormbreaker. But you know who has that? I just said it. Thor. It's not like he's going to give it up and then uh, Natalie Portman's going to pick it up and then become Lady Thor or 
maybe he does, and that's what they do. I think somehow Mjolnir has to come back, and I have an idea of how that could happen is, as far as I can tell you, Mjolnir is sitting in the aisle of wherever they were in Scotland or Ireland or wherever they left where Odin was, you know, like, oh, on that cliff looking out, she smashes it with her hand, Hela does, and there it sits. You know what you can't do? You cannot pick up any of the pieces of Mjolnir. No one can except for Thor. Like, even if it's a pebble, you cannot pick it up. Only if you're worthy, you can do so. So it's still sitting right there. And I still think it has magical qualities about it. So I feel like they could have Mjolnir form back. Let's say Jane Foster is investigating this interesting phenomenon of energy or something at that spot. It turns out it's the broken Mjolnir. And, she, you know, people are there, scientists are there, but she gets called in. She goes to investigate. She goes, I know what this is. When she picks up the handle of Mjolnir or goes to grab it, it makes a connection with her and it forms itself back together. And then she becomes Lady Thor. I'm out. I like it. I think that works. That's, no, that's believable. Nothing like what happened in the comics. Where uh, there's the no. cancer storyline and like... <sighs> yeah, the, the... It's deep. I will tell you, the reason why Thor is unworthy in the comics is one of the biggest letdowns in the history of comics. So, uh, Nick Fury, old man Nick Fury, whispers in Thor's ear something. He gets a look on his face, Mjolnir drops out of his hand, he can no longer pick it up because he is unworthy. So now for the remainder, we're trying to figure out what did he tell Thor? Like, what happened? Did they find the pile of dead babies that, that Thor had killed? Uh, no. You know why he's unworthy? Here's what Nick Fury whispered. No one is worthy. That's essentially it. That no one is worthy. Like, no Asgardians, no one's, no one's, no one's worthy of the power of Thor. No one. That's awful. That reason? Or my Jerry Seinfeld? No, your Seinfeld's not bad, yeah. uh, but the reasoning was stupid. Terrible. It's almost like going, oh, we oh, we have to figure out a reason? Oh, I didn't think about that. We just thought it'd be cool if he was unworthy. <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be some, like, uh, epiphany. Uh, I guess it was an epiphany, but, like, something cool. That's one of those times in comic history, and this happens, like, once every ten years. Most of the time, those letdowns. Or when a comic writer thinks that they're Faulkner and they go like existential, mm -hmm. like, we're going to leave you something to think about. No, yeah. like, just let him pick up the hammer and destroy some stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm reading a book that's basically a coloring book of words. Yeah. And he dropped it on the moon, by the way. Yeah. So then Jane Foster's got to get it on the moon. And that, she had cancer then. She had cancer then. And every time she turned into Lady Thor, it kind of thwarted any sort of cancer stuff that she had done. She was healthy as Lady Thor, but anytime she went back to being Jane Foster, she was worse off than she was before. And there came a time in the comic to where if you become Lady Thor one more time, when you go back to Jane Foster, you will be dead. Right. You will die. Your body cannot handle it. So you make the choice. Stay as Jane Foster and fight the cancer, or be Lady Thor. Stay Lady Thor forever, because then you can't go back. I thought Thor threw it into the sun or something. So Yes, but before we got to that point, because this was uh, Mangog, was, uh, no one could defeat the Mangog. One of the worst uh, <laughs> villain-type things ever, by the way. So no one could defeat the Mangog. Everyone's trying. Jane had made a commitment to not turn back into Lady Thor again because she would die. But all this is happening, and she can't. She's like, you know what? I can't let this happen. 
I'm going to do it. So she turns back into Thor one more time, takes, uh, you know, some of these crazy chain things, and then with Mjolnir, wraps up Mangog and throws Mangog into the sun, destroying Mjolnir and essentially killing herself. And then it's Odin who brings back Jane. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken on that part. I think that's right. And then Mjolnir is now destroyed. And then with War of the Realms that we just had, if you haven't read up on that, uh, something happens with the sun and a few other things. So I think Thor Love and Thunder has a lot of cool things that can happen here. It's got a crazy 80s arcade style logo. So I don't know what that means. Oh, that's the... You know what it looks? It's like a cross between Thundercats and Masters of the Universe. Oh, and speaking of Thundercats, let's take a, a brief little sidebar for a second. Have you seen the trailer for Cats? Yes. With Jennifer uh, Hudson and T. Swizzle and James Corden, all these guys. Looks super bizarre as a movie adaptation of Broadway. <laughs> yeah. But if you give any of those cats the Sword of Omens... Yeah, it's dead it, on. It's dead on Thundercats, and I'm watching it tomorrow. But they're singing and they're dancing, and it looks super, super weird. <laughs> but it's getting me crazy excited for a Thundercats movie. We'll get Thundercats. I hope so. I can't be the only person who saw that and went, oh, where's Lionel? They're going to shoot this movie, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, by the way, mm-hmm. in that... Ragnarok, absolutely Thundercats style. Yeah. It's the colors, it's the mood, it's the filters that they yeah. use or something. Because Taika Waititi is just a crazy, like once the fun director. He does comedies, and then this. He's the only reason Chris Hemsworth even considered coming back after we we knew Thor Ragnarok. He was going to be done. He had his Avengers movies left, and that was it. Chris is done. He'd already said as much, just like Chris Evans. And then as soon as he did Ragnarok. He was. Someone asked him. He's like, "Oh no, you know, I think I'd if Taika was back on board. I think I'd, I think I'd come back and do this. He had such a great time. And then here is proof. And now he's the face of of like Marvel, sort of. Yeah. Well, we were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. I, Thor is your lead Marvel character now, mm-hmm. and I think that Thor would have to die to be surpassed at this point. Like I don't know. Yeah, because you, you, your other mainstays, you got the Guardians. You've got. I mean, Hawkeye's not going to do it. No. Uh, Black Panther could do it, but he's only had one movie. It's only in the cinematic world, though. I still think that the face of Marvel in general is Spider-Man. Yeah. And maybe with another film that's as good as the last two, he could surpass Thor. But the problem is he hasn't been with the team enough. You know, Thor has that. He's got that relationship. You kind of associate it with that. Do you think we get fat Thor in this movie? Yes, because they've got to do something to tie in. We were talking about this yesterday, too. They've got to get Thor back to Asgard somehow. Or, or whatever's going on. Yeah, you know, wherever Asgard is. Asgard is, is on, still on Earth. And then Tessa Thompson, who is the king of Asgard, or queen of Asgard, uh, so that somehow that's going to tie in. It is love and thunder, so that's the Jane, I'm, I'm assuming the Jane Foster angle here. Uh, but he left Endgame with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. Natural assumption for me was, and because they'd already talked about it, James Gunn is back on board for Guardians 3. He's going to do The Suicide Squad, uh, and then he's going to film Guardians. We didn't know about Thor over here, so he left with them. Does Thor Love and Thunder start with him hanging out with the Guardians, doing some escapades, and some stuff's happening on Earth, and Jane Foster becomes Thor on Earth, and that's some of the stuff? I got it. Let's say that your theory... 
let's say that your theory's studio's ac- falling. Yeah, no. Let's say that your theory's accurate mm-hmm. about how Jane Foster becomes Thor. Yeah, I bet you Thor can feel Mjolnir when it's reassembled. Ooh. I bet, I, it, I bet he can. I bet you anything that he can. It is one with him. Yeah. And I the comics, Mjolnir did have a different relationship with Jane Foster than, yep. than it did with Thor. It did more things for Jane Foster. It even took on the appearance of Lady Thor and became a tangible person in the comics because no one knew who Lady Thor was. They thought it was Jane Foster. They come to, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. comes to investigate. Here's Jane Foster. And then she's like, it can't be me. And then here comes Lady Thor, and we find out it was Mjolnir the whole time. So I have to read all that stuff. I got that after it came out. You told me about that Thor storyline, I don't know, a year ago or something. I had to go back and read it all. So I always was under the impression that maybe Mjolnir acted differently for Jane Foster because Jane Foster needed Mjolnir's help. Does that make sense? I got that from the pages. Yeah. Mjolnir didn't have to be anything for Thor mm-hmm. because he's the god of thunder. Yeah. And he's the god of thunder with or without a hammer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's that's Thor. Yep. That's where that movie's going to get odd. Uh, the two Thor thing's going to be really interesting uh, in film. Because then you'll wonder is, you know, we learned through the movies that Mjolnir is not the power of Thor, but if Jane Foster has Mjolnir, why does she have the power of Thor? So then, is it the Mjolnir that does that? The answer is no, but in this movie, it might be yes. We don't know. It's going to be cool, a killer. Oh, one last thing, too. Yeah. I think that we'll get Fat Thor because Fat Thor got his own pop vinyl and mm-hmm. is a, a mean generating machine, right? But I don't want a Thor comedy. I don't think that Ragnarok was that. I mean, it, no, it was. It's the funniest Marvel movie. It is. Well, no. I think that's Guardians. I think Guardians is funnier than Ragnarok, but that's subjective anyways. We'll put them on the same line. But what they made Thor, Fat Thor, Mm -hmm. in Avengers, I laughed out loud in the theater, but I didn't necessarily want to do that. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'll give you that. So I think if they do have it, he he, it's almost like Rocky preparing for uh, uh, Dolph Lundgren. Oh, yeah, Yvonne Drago. Yeah, preparing for Drago, getting into good shape and doing all that. So maybe part of this is the redemption of as he's going along with the Guardians, he's also getting back into shape Okay, and doing that. I'm okay with that. Uh, another movie that they talked about with no date, but they announced the name and they announced the actor, is Blade. The And I was like, okay. When I heard it was Mahershala, Mahershala Ali, I went, damn, they didn't mess around. Like, they said, let's get us a legit award-winning actor who will kick ass in this role and let people know that we're not screwing around with a Blade movie. I feel like they were... They're trying to force Blade, I Why? feel like. Remember that Avengers comic, like, from six months ago? Oh, they're still doing it now. Right. Yeah. But there's you, a whole vampire, though. There's a whole Dracula storyline going on. And Blade is on the Avengers. Yeah, but don't you remember on the last page of, like, issue, we'll call it three or something? It's in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's early. Will you join us? And it's Blade there. I yeah. thought it was so corny. Well, you Like, know. Blade's cool. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. But it's like they're... Tr- so Blade's gonna be an avenger like ah. just just until the vampire problem's done but i felt like that was forced 
Oh yeah, you know, they, Marvel's you know they got to do some things here and 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 figure out some storylines and find something to make these things connect. And I will different writers. I saw Blade at theater. I saw Wesley Snipes in theater. Yeah. I mean, Blade's rad. Blade's cool. Blade Two's fine. I know people hate Blade Trinity. It's got Ryan Reynolds. It's got uh, what I thought was going to be my future wife. It did not work out with uh, Jessica Biel. And I will still watch that movie. It's just on the other day. Um, I'm okay with that movie. But Marvel getting their hands on Blade and doing it for real and Mahershal Ali, like, I feel like the sky's the limit with what they're going to be able to do. Thing with Blade is, it is one of those where, like, if you want to make it true to what it's supposed to be, I mean, this ain't going to happen, but that needs to be a rated R movie. It does. I mean, I just call it what it is. And maybe they do. Maybe they make it an R movie. It's kind of like the Wolverine thing. Like, I feel like... You couldn't have made Logan if it wasn't R. Right. That's kind of my whole thing. Blade and Wolverine go together in that regard. Yeah. Like, if you've ever read a comic book where X or the, an X-Men comic where Wolverine's the feature or a Wolverine comic, and if you've ever seen Blade in the pages, those swords aren't, like, for show. It's not like Batman where he hits people in the head with the sword. I mean, he chops their heads off. Yeah, he's, he's decapitating and he's cutting limbs. Yeah. He's doing all kinds. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see what they do there, too. It would be neat if they, if they did go dark with that. Uh, now, they didn't officially announce these so much as dates or whatever. We know they're doing a Black Panther sequel. We know we're getting Guardians 3. We know we're getting Captain Marvel 2. We just don't have any dates on that. And they also, at the telltale end of this, mentioned the Fantastic Four and they mentioned the X-Men and even showed some logos up there. So we do know that's in the plans. And we've heard Dr. Doom uh, for Fantastic Four. X-Men, who knows what they do? It's been done now. This will be the third set of cast. So who knows? Now we get to jump into the TV stuff. And this is where Disney Plus comes in. And maybe a little bit of Hulu as well. And we'll, we'll kind of glaze over these. We get the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The logo for this is the Falcon and the shield of Captain America. So we're going to get Captain America as Falcon here and then Bucky and the fact that it's a TV show. Uh, Daniel Brühl is back as Baron Zemo and even doing the mask. We've got a glimpse of it, but it's real grainy. You can tell that he's wearing something. So that'll be kind of cool. I like the fact that that's a show. I'm buying Disney Plus for that. Just this show or all this stuff they're going to be doing? That's worth the cost. I think so. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's only 8 bucks. Also, too, uh, not to get sidetracked, I read some stuff last night that was it seemed kind of promising, and it's rumors again, but you need to go ahead and, and get locked in for Disney Plus because they may grandfather folks. Oh, so get it out of the gate. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think everyone's going to anyway. Me too. I, I mean, we're going to. I can't wait. So we get that. Now, we mentioned this earlier, and, and we get to tell you officially what it is. Oh, and by the way, that uh, Falcon Winter Soldier is spring of next year. Disney Plus launches, I think, October, November of this year, or maybe even September, October, but is when it officially comes out. So just a handful of months after that, we get our first show. Then, a year after that, the spring of 2021, we get WandaVision. Now, this is Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch. Paul Bettany is going to be in this. Remember, Paul Bettany is dead. Or at least Vision is 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 deactivated. We didn't see him in, in Infinity War. He can't say Indian. dead. Yeah, because he's, he's an android. But they already set it up for the fact that he could be the best of everything without having that soul stone. So do they bring him back and that's it? Or is Wanda going to be traipsing through the multiverse, finding different versions of Vision, because we know that Wanda directly ties into the Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness? 
We don't know. What's the release date for Doctor Strange? Uh, that so so WandaVision is spring of 2021, and then Doctor Strange is going to be May 7th of 2021. Oh, dude! So it's right after yeah. that comes out, and then Doctor Strange. So that's probably what something like that's going to be happening. It's supposed to be visually just tons of fun and just super cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Then also spring of 2021, we get Loki. What version of Loki? We don't know. Many people are speculating that it is the Loki that grabbed the stone in the botched time travel of the New York building when he just vanished. That would be sick. As far as we that and that's the guess. That's the Loki we get in the timeline, which means he would not be in our timeline unless he finds the time stone or one of those stones and is able to get into our timeline. There's just a guess. It just occurred to me also that we could get a we left a major, major, major person out of any multiverse. Who's that? You can bring Thanos right back to the screen again. Yeah, but I feel like we gotta. He's dead. We gotta leave it alone. We need. We'll. We need a new big bad. Easy guy. It's not the same Thanos. What do we want? Like baby Thanos? I. I that's a. Ooh. If you. Dude. Baby Thanos. Well, you know who raised baby Thanos, right? Cosmic Ghost Rider. Yeah, Cosmic Ghost Rider. So I think a Cosmic Ghost Rider or something would be pretty legit. That's mm. Frank Castle. Which did Cosmic Ghost Rider ride the car or the mammoth? Oh no, that was that no Cos that that was just one of the original Ghost Riders. So the original Ghost Rider back in the day with Odin had like the sort of ancient Avengers rode a mammoth. Yeah, okay, yeah. And yeah. then current Ghost Rider drives the car, also drove a celestial. Oh yeah. Uh, and then uh then uh, this what started what's got us on who were you asking oh then cosmic ghost rider drives a like a cosmic motorcycle which is if you haven't checked out any of the cosmic ghost rider stuff do it it is fantastic now i got excited about this and i feel like yesterday when i mentioned that you turned your nose up at it and this is summer of 2021 it's going to be a cartoon series on all this is disney plus by the way as far as we know it's disney plus they may throw something on hulu is what if narrated by uh jeffrey um Who's the guy? He's in um, Jeffrey Wright. He was Basquite. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in um, the Westworld. But they, we don't know anything. We just know it's a cartoon version of What If. And I love the What If stuff. The last batch of What If it was What If uh, the Punisher was Spider Man, like if it's Peter Parker, you know that that sort of stuff. That's just neat. What if Thor was born of the Ice Giants and not Loki? Like it's just kind of a neat. You know, what if scenario? Kids, what of us to death? Apparently, that that's what they're. It's just a multiverse thing, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, uh, heck, what if essentially might have been the very first multiverse. Right. Conan's very first appearance in a Marvel comic was in What If Wolverine Battled Conan. So that sort of thing. Yeah, I'll give you that. So that's it's cool. kind of neat. And then also, uh, this is essentially uh, all of them. Uh, the last thing they wrapped up with, and we knew this was coming. Uh, fall of 2021 is going to be Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner is going to be in it, but we also know that it's going to be introducing Kate Bishop in it, which is the female version of Hawkeye. So we're going to, it might be like a mentoring type of thing. Who knows? But, you know, Jeremy is excited to return as Hawkeye. I'm sure that paycheck's not too shabby as well. And we've got, you know, this, I think, I feel like this, I think Hawkeye will be the closest to a daredevil luke cage jessica jones style of show because there are no powers so i kind of i hope it's kind of gritty and cool 
like like Daredevil is. Well, what we got from Renner uh, in Avengers when he went rogue or when whatever. When he was Ronin? Yeah. So, like, that stuff's cool. Mm-hmm. And if, if he has a little bit of that, the fact that his kids are back, uh, but, and, you know, the, Natasha's dead, so he's dealing with that as well. I'll be curious to see what sort of, do we get a broken Hawkeye? What do we get? Because we know Hawkeye lives forever because there's an old man Hawkeye storyline because Hawkeye is one of the only few people alive in the original old man Logan storyline. Right. So Marvel blew our minds. Yeah, it was all, great. All man. of this stuff. They killed it. And you know who lost out was DC. Well, they don't have anything. They should. Well, at this point, I'm thinking that maybe at some point we get the Watchmen from them. Well, that's, you know, I look at that as we got HBO that did the Watchmen. That's a whole other podcast. At which point does Disney buy DC? Ooh, I don't, I mean, I don't know if they could because of, um, like, the Monopoly standpoint of that. Marvel does sell more comics than anyone, and then DC sells the second most. I think Image is right behind that, or, yeah, which, I mean, DC owns, doesn't own Image, but they have absorbed some of the Wildstorm stuff. What if they bought licensing rights? We want Batman. What would Batman cost us? Can you imagine if Marvel did Batman? You just got me all excited. Well, I'm just saying they've got the money to be able to do like, hey, I'll take. Well, I'm guessing that if if that ever happened, like DC's going to do this deal where like, yeah, we'll license the rights, but Batman and Superman are proprietary. You can't touch that. We'll give you Green Lantern, The Flash, and uh, everything else. Gorilla Grodd for yeah. you know. Well, if you get Flash, you get Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I feel like DC. This happened at E3 this year, I think, and last year when PlayStation mm-hmm. decided they just weren't even going to show up. But it was different. Oh, they showed up. They just didn't do any announcements because right. then they ended up doing like a Sony Fest or sure. whatever. Yeah. That's a little bit different, though, because DC just came out with nothing. Yeah, they've got Wonder Woman next year. And nothing really happened with that. And, and they've got Shazam was a success. Aquaman was a success. Uh, they've still got a cyborg thing that's supposed to be floating out there. A Flash story is supposed to be floating out there. Well, they're banking on Joker. Well, that's not even them, though. Right, but once again, they've licensed the rights out. And they do have the Suicide Squad uh, right. that, uh, that James Gunn's doing. So they've got stuff. I don't feel like they're very excited about it just yet because they could have given us a little something of something. Like that Wonder Woman movie's been done. It was already supposed to be out. They won't let Batman lie dormant. That is the one property that they have. Well, they got the Batman. Yeah. You know, because we, we've got, uh, what's his face? And it's supposed to be the world's greatest detective version of it. But they just didn't give us anything. I would have at least loved a little look into side of that. Because we've got the Batman coming, we've got Wonder Woman coming, and we've got the Suicide Squad. That's all we know. They remind me of a sports team that's way over the salary cap <laughs> and that has a whole bunch of really bad contracts. And yeah. they're... It, any way you look at it and any finance gurus that break it down, you're just kind of relegated to be what you are for like five or six years. Yeah. Doesn't it feel like that whole thing needs to be wiped clean, all prod- all projects canceled, fresh team brought in, throw money at it, and just be like, look, we want a creative team. And I guess uh, who does most? Warner? Warner does yep. the Warner majority Brothers. of their movies. They just need to fold. Well, or or you've I feel like you've got the right person there. You've got uh, Joss Whedon in there, so let Joss kind of let him be your next Kevin Feige. I don't think he's the right guy, and this is why. He has experience 
this is going to sound completely idiotic, but he's got great experience doing exactly what it is that they've hired him to do. Mm-hmm. If we were to scroll back up this list mm-hmm. and look at the people that have been hired to direct these Marvel movies, yeah. they go way outside the box and give people shots, man. Yeah. And that will bring you from another genre. In, yeah, because Taiki Waititi, uh, Taika was one. I don't know who this Scott Derrickson guy is for where Doctor does Rag- Strange. Dude, where does Ragnarok rank in the pantheon of Marvel movies. It's a top three or four. Yeah, for me, definitely. Is. I think for everybody. Yeah, I love that movie. None superhero experience. How much you got? None. He was in Green Lantern. Boom. Taika Waititi. Boom. In Green Lantern. Warner Brothers bomb. <laughs> it was. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. couldn't you go a different direction altogether? Yeah, you could. It'd be cool if they would do it, but that's a that's a bold and brash and scary proposition. I mean, no one's. It's almost like you want a divorce, and you hope that your next marriage is going to be successful. We deal with this on radio and television all the time. Like there are stations that are completely satisfied with finishing sixth every time. Yeah, complacent. They're not going to change anything. They're not going to change their programming. We're just going to sit right here at sixth because you know what? We turn a little bit of a profit. Mm-hmm. I'm just not wired that way. Yeah, and I don't feel like Marvel. What what were we uh, debating at the beginning of the pod? The beginning of the pod is you and I saying, well, like you've got Black Widow pulled up here on the screen. Is that a one-off? You said, well, it depends on what it does at the box office. They don't care. They're at the point now where they're so creative and they're so out there with the things that they're trying to do that, yeah, they'll think outside the box because you may hit a home run and go Guardians of the Galaxy with it. Yeah, You may strike out, but striking out for Marvel, you know what that means? $300 million. Right. DC doesn't have that luxury. DC's best day is $300 million. That's true. Yeah, because even the deal that Marvel made with Sony was if uh, Spider-Man Far From Home didn't reach a certain money threshold, the rights to Spider-Man fully went back to Sony for Spider-Man 3. Because they, you know, Marvel has it with this deal. You know, It's a handshake deal and, well, more than that. But, you know, but like it's, right. it's a gentleman's agreement here. We will head it up. And then here's the profit share that we're going to do. But we are going to do this movie. Like, all right, that's cool. Would you got to do this? And if you don't, we're going to take it back. And you know they were praying that it wouldn't do that if you're Sony because then you get your Spider-Man, Venom, and Carnage movie. I feel like they have to be negotiating that now anyway. You would think so. But I, I do think they're working towards Sinister Six. I feel like that's it. They gave us Mysterio. And that we. Uh, I feel like... Well, gonna... you've, you did Vulture... Oh, so yeah, we got Vulture, we got, and then they also gave us the person in prison who is Rhino. Right. So now you've you've got three. Mm-hmm. Mysterio was the hardest one for you to pull off, and they crushed it. Right. And so the next three that you have, you can make that work pretty well. You I don't, pick you pick who you want because that's that's the cool thing about Sinister, Sinister Six. Six interchangeable. All different right. times. You can do the Hobgoblin, which they haven't introduced yet, unless they make it. Uh, you know, Ned, his his friend. Uh, they could introduce the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin can be the ones that the one that brings them together. You can do the Scorpion, and then outside of that, you can kind of pick. You want to throw Craven in the mix? You can throw Craven in the mix. You want to pick another uh, bizarre kind of hero? You can do another bizarre hero. Last point, just to bring the DC thing back around. When I said three hundred million dollars is a great day for them, and three hundred million dollars is what makes the Eternal a one shot or mm-hmm, whatever right. for, for Marvel. It's not like DC is spending less money to make their films. If yeah. we look at the budgets of these superhero movies, you know, Batman versus Superman 
is not a lesser budget movie than say Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You know, That's true. they're still dumping as much money into it. Yeah, so I just pulled up real quick, just I was just curious to see highest grossing DC films and because Aquaman, you know, did did so well. And at the time when they did this list, uh, Man of Steel budget was two twenty five. Globally it did six sixty eight, where that's a Superman movie that did not hit a billion dollars. Didn't even hit seven hundred million. Yeah, so I know six hundred sixty eight million dollars if we were doing this podcast in two thousand five would be mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Marvel deals in numbers that start with a B. Yeah, because even Justice League, you throw in everyone else, you raise the budget fifty million to three hundred. It still did essentially the same amount of money globally, six hundred and fifty-eight million dollars, and that's the Justice League. Now I will say, Batman versus Superman did eight hundred and seventy-three million. And I don't even love that movie. The only reason it did that is because they put toys in a Happy Meal, dude. They marketed that thing. Don't you remember that? Yeah. Like, you couldn't go in a convenience store without a cardboard cutout of Ben Affleck being in your face. It was everywhere. Yeah, Wonder Woman crushed for them, $821 million on a $150 million budget. So they've done well. Aquaman ended up doing you know tremendously well, too. But they do just kind of miss the they miss the mark of, of Marvel. So we'll see what they do. Excited that Marvel blew our minds with all of these announcements and as more of these things happen we'll get into maybe a little bit more comic booky stuff i'm looking forward to going to midtown comics uh, here in a handful of days uh, maybe i come back a little bit poorer but my collection will be a little bit more richer more richer will be more rich yeah there you go that'll be good so until next time uh, make sure you like us give us stars tell friends about us thanks